you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons limited series. Visit us at mashthosebuttons.com. Hey everybody, Nick here. Uh, Before we begin the episode, I wanted to point out we recorded this back in the beginning of February. Uh, And so there's a few comments we make about Russia that in light of the recent invasion of Ukraine kind of feel a little bit lighthearted. Um, so, uh, first and foremost, we want to, you know, give our support and thoughts and prayers out to the people of Ukraine uh, as they try to, you know, endure, uh, this invasion upon their sovereignty, but also, uh, just please bear that in mind, uh, that, uh, we don't mean any ill will in those comments. Um, but, uh, yeah, with all of that said, uh, please enjoy our episode on the arrival DLC. What is a Reaper artifact doing on an asteroid? We don't know, or even what its purpose is. Some things are just too old or large to comprehend. Even a reaper thousands of years dead contains power. Their artifacts are worthy of study, regardless of their purpose. How exactly does a reaper artifact give you proof of an impending invasion? It showed me visions of the reaper's arrival. Much like your Prothean beacon, I imagine. The reapers are coming, Commander. That much I know for certain. If you're working near a reaper artifact, How have you avoided indoctrination? We've been very careful. We know what we're dealing with. You're not speaking to a child, Shepard. I saw what Sovereign did at the Citadel. Trust me, I know what's at stake. The stakes are too high. If you were willing to destroy a whole system over this, I want to see your proof. I guess I can't argue with that. Give me a moment. Kenson to Project Base. Affirmative. And I've got Commander Shepard with me. Tidy up the lab. The commander needs to confirm the artifact. All set. Just sit back and relax. We'll be there in no time. Hello and welcome to Squad Goals, a Mass Effect Legendary Edition podcast, where we're discussing our experiences playing through the Mass Effect Legendary Edition. My name is Nick Zelenkevich, and I'm joined by Chip Locke. Howdy, Space Cowboys. And Corey Kurabara Treadway. Greetings from Exploding Space. And this is episode number 41, and finally, finally, we are going to finish Mass Effect 2, as we have one mission left, and that is our good buddy. Admiral Hackett asked us to go get a personal friend of his, Dr. I think it's Amanda Kenson. That is correct. And she has been taken captive by some Batarians and he can't, he can't send the Alliance in because that would like trigger like an a, a Alliance Batarian war. Yeah. So we've got to go in under the radar to get her out. Surely nothing can go wrong. And this is going to be a simple get in, get the prisoner, get out. Go on with our day. Yeah. Uh, what, what's it going to be? I mean, the, the oh. DLC is called Arrival because we arrive, we mm-hmm. get her, and we leave. That's yeah. all it is. Right. Also, can you say this is also one of the few missions we get that actually kind of like uh, makes sense for Black Ops and for Spectres like us? Undercover, not trying to be seen, being very quiet. I guess maybe more, more for the Solarians SGC, maybe it's more for their stuff. But, you know, it's not like most of us, I mean, we go there, we're basically like, hey, guys, I'm a Spectre. What's up? Yeah. 
you're actually trying to not be seen, not be thing. And it's pretty cool to actually try to sneak around, not get caught by the guards. Yeah. Let's, uh, well, well let's hear what happens. And then we'll, we'll talk all about the arrival DLC. <laughs> Admiral Hackett asks Shepard to rescue a friend of his from imprisonment in a Batarian colony. As the Batarians are hostile towards the humans, this needs to be a highly covert operation with no official alliance sanction. Shepard enters the colony on Arat in the Bahak system in the Viper Nebula alone. Shepard infiltrates the rundown Batarian base and locates Dr. Kenson while she is being interrogated. Shepard frees the doctor, and the pair are left to fight their way out of the Batarian base. They grab a shuttle and flee, taking out more Batarians with the shuttle thrusters on the way out. On their way to Kenson's base, she explains that they found a Reaper artifact and it gave her visions of the impending Reaper invasion. The Reapers plan to enter the galaxy in here and use the nearby Alpha Relay to spread throughout the galaxy. To prevent this, she is going to launch an asteroid at the Relay to destroy it, and the surrounding system has collateral damage as well. She was smuggling thrusters and related parts from Omega which drew the attention of the Batarians and was thus arrested. Shepard asks her if she is worried about indoctrination, but she says she is not. Shepard and Kenson arrive at the base where a clock shows there are two days before the Reapers arrive. Kenson brings Shepard to the artifact, which is massive and out in the open. Shepard gets the vision of the incoming Reapers, and Kenson pulls her gun on him, saying they can't allow him to stop the plan. Shepard is overwhelmed by Kenson's forces and is subdued. Shepard awakens to hear that the Reapers want Shepard alive, and he sees Kenson with glowing eyes. Shepard fights out of the med bay and discovers that it has been two days since coming to the base, so the Reapers are on their way imminently. Shepard fights to the control room and can choose whether to warn the Batarians or not. Henson tries to overload the reactor core and destroy the asteroid before impact, but Shepard is able to confront and defeat her. Shepard heads to a comm tower to call the Normandy for pickup, but must fight all the way there. Before Shepard can call the Normandy, Harbinger appears as a hologram and taunts the commander. Shepard calls the Normandy and boards, and Joker takes a nearby relay out of the system just before the asteroid impacts it, blowing up the system in a flash of white light. Hackett debriefs Shepard and tells him he will need to face trial on Earth for his actions against the Batarians. Reapers! The arrival DLC is about Reapers. They're arriving in the Milky yes. Way galaxy. Well, they try to get here sooner through a... Another gate that we kind of forgot, we forgot about that just happens to lead from wherever they are to real space. Uh, where is the other side of that actually starting out at? It's just somewhere out there. I don't think we Dark know space. where the Reapers. Yeah, they just I guess hey, they I just had another. Well, if they if they're going to teleport from dark space to the Citadel in Basic One, there had to be another a relay in there somewhere. So I guess it makes sense that it goes there, but. Why does it take so long for them to get there? Why is it just where they're currently sleeping at? I think, I actually, I don't think there's a relay. I think they're like parked outside the galaxy and this, because when you, when you do this mission, like if you look at where it is on the galaxy map, it's way on like the ass end of a spiral arm, like pretty far yeah. out there. And so I think they're all kind of parked out there, ready to head in to get to this system to oh, use this miss, relay and then yeah i'm yeah that makes sense actually i, I miss misthought about it but even so doesn't the citadel also act as a relay so where is that supposed to be where the initial relay is anyways for yeah, this? The, yeah the, the citadel was the relay they were going to use to come in from wherever they were and then we 
we stopped that. Yeah, but does that just does that just open a yeah, relay yeah. to dark space? Like, does there not need to be another one on that side to get? No, there, I'm sure there's a relay out there. Yeah, they just have like it's just. I mean, who knows what is d- dark space? Like, yeah, it's, right. it's dark. It's. I just so don't think that's right now. It just seems kind of weird that you have that, but you don't have uh, that. Doesn't go to another one or have a backup that just. So I think they had like a point there. to point because they talk about this um, a little bit in in the lore and the codex. Like there's relays that are point to point. Like it's just A to B and and that's it. Like the relay presumably that they had into the citadel. Okay. Uh, and then there's like the networked like multi point big ass relays where you can go to a bunch like so like. They they mention that there are systems that have a relay to like a hub system that has a bigger relay that has lots of spokes over the relay network. Yeah, I guess it just seems like a bad idea not to have your your one with you go to multiples in case your main one is broken. Yeah, yeah, but I think for what they're doing, they don't want to they don't want to leave themselves open to being discovered before they're ready for it. I mean, uh, that's the same thing with like the Omega Four relay. That's right. a point to point one, and it. You know, they only want that one way. They don't want you to be able to go from the collector base out anywhere. They want you to have to go through the Omega 4 relay. And that's why there's another Omega relay right by it. So you can just right. jump over from, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a connecting flight. That's I think that's very the game kind of hurts itself here by never having like any demonstration of this system in practice, um, unfortunately, because I feel like it would make a lot more sense if it was shown, not told. Very fair. Uh, yeah, but also I, I think there's a certain sort of mysteriousness to the reapers that it's like it, yeah they can just kind of show up even if they have to like walk the whole way like the, the, they will literally walk across the galaxy to get you mm-hmm. and they do and they do walk they do fly across the galaxy to get us or at least try to get to this part of the galaxy so they can get the rest of us i, I don't know if we mentioned it on the show actually but there was an article talking about how uh cuttlefish design with like the little uh like the little tentacles was actually like super efficient for propulsion. What? Yeah, there was an article that they studied like like uh, oh, all yeah. the different ways like like un- like for underwater motion in particular and they said like oh yeah, like the cuttlefish with their tentacles like that's actually super efficient for propulsion. And I'm like that's why the reapers look like reapers cuz that's how they yeah, Wait, that's yeah. how the reapers look like travel. reapers you mean like how reapers look like cuttlefish? Well, I mean kind of like, they're really just b- big evolved cuttlefish. That's the secret. They really I mean, I think, are. I think the Reapers look like Reapers because the shadow of HP Lovecraft is long, but yeah. That's also fair. And anything with tentacles are kind of like unnerving for the most People part. People don't like it. My uh, no. my well, fiance won't even eat cal. Well, okay. She wouldn't even <laughs> eat like the calamari that have the little legs like sticking out of them. Which just means I get a lot of calamari whenever we go out and get some. <laughs> uh, she's like, she just like anything tentacly just like absolutely unnerves her. It's kind of funny. I use it against her maybe a little too much. Yeah, I feel the same way. But, you know, I, I, I understand it. I, I don't like tentacles. I don't like things that can, be, that can have suction cups. That's just a little, little throws me off a bit. Anyways. So let's let's go back. To, I know you were talking about the sneaking around part. So, so you enjoyed the first part of this mission, Kurabara, then the, uh, the the stealth part where you're trying to actually break Kenson out and get away with her. I enjoy that. I also enjoy just listening to like, people talk and just like not being aware that I'm right there. It could literally ruin their day any second. Like, talk about their daily life, like trying to find stuff and just, I'm like, man, I can just put a bullet in you right now. 
I don't because I'm a nice person. I'd feel kind of bad like ruining their day that way, even though they're Batarians, but still. Yeah, there's a few opportunities you get to kind of listen in on the Batarians to get a, get a sense of what's going on. I mean, you hear them talking about like, you, t- you hear them talking about a human prisoner. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's your, your clues as far as where Kenson is. Um, you know, and, and then you also get to find some logs about how the Batarians intercepted Kenson's transmissions. Uh, and you'll find out that she was smuggling parts from Omega and how her team got arrested. Um, but they were only getting frenzied ramblings from the interrogation. So already there's, the, there's a little undercurrent already early on, like something's not right with them. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like you would think like a frenzied rambling, like that's kind of normal. Like you're being interrogated by an alien species. Like you're probably going to be freaking out anyway, even if you, you know, I mean, Batarians aren't the friendliest of people. I'm sure under interrogations even more so. It's also like interesting to go through this because you realize like you don't have any other squad mates. There's nobody here with you. You are doing this solo. Well, like you were saying, this is like a mission worthy of a Spectre. Mm-hmm. Like this is what a Spectre should be doing. Like in a way, Commander Shepard feels, well, you know, it feels like a bit of an outlier in so far as, I mean, like when we saw, um, what was it? Uh, the, the Spectre on the Liara mission, like she's working alone. She doesn't have any crew behind her. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not rolling up with a squad that we saw anyway. Yeah. Um, Saren, I mean, he's got an entourage, but other than Benetia, they're all just random, you know, they're either Geth or like random Krogans that he's hired. And initially, like he doesn't have. And also initially, most of you read like any books, he works alone mostly. The only time he worked with someone was with uh, Anderson and he did like that. Yeah. And even Nihilus was basically like, did most things by himself. He was there to uh, to observe you, but he was there pretty much solo. Well, if Nihilus had a partner who was at least standing facing the other way, he could be oh like, hey, God. why are you raising your gun? <laughs> hey, hey, Sarah, what are you doing with that gun? Hey, Nihilus, look out. <laughs> yeah. Nihilus, get down. <laughs> I mean, there's like, there's good reasons to be on a solo mission, but yeah, this all would have broken a lot differently. I mean, they, like, they, I don't know. The game sets it up for you this way. Yeah, well, the game would be a lot it different if you, as most of it was solo work, or you played like a stealth missions all the time. Now you want to know series. the real reason I think this was a solo mission is because they didn't do this DLC until like a year or two after the game came out, and they didn't want to get all the other, uh, all the other voice actors and actresses back in to do lines. Also, who are. Th- they don't know who survived the suicide mission. Yeah. Also true. Very true. Maybe nobody did. It's just, it's just, a, it's just Shepard, right? This is, it yeah. Could just be like life Shepard is a suicide. Joker, yeah. Yeah. Although that would be awesome. <laughs> Bringing Joker on this mission with you. <laughs> Come on, cripple boy. We got this. Let's break a leg. Hey. Oh, that's- <laughs> All right. Sorry. But not really. But also, like, I do like this part you wrote here. I think it's, it's hilarious. Uh, fight a retractable bridge. Can't cross. Won't extend. Shepard won't jump for whatever reason. Plot. Yeah. It's not a big gap. It's, no, it's not. Like, but there's been a lot of parts of the game where you're like, you could jump down that easily. What are you doing? It's like, sup? Can't get over there. I'm like, my fat ass could jump that. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, and, and again, like, you know, in in Mass Effect Three, they do give you a jump option now that like Shepard could definitely clear that. Yep. So don't worry. Between two and three, Shepard had to do a little little workout routine. Got their jump. They finally got clearance. Like all those jumping to the Normandy, they finally learned how to jump. Maybe. 
Actually, no, I think about it. I think the Normandy, the way how far it is, is farther gap than that gap for that bridge. That's true. Shepard has done that. Shepard can, you know, can only jump when the adrenaline is coursing right, through his veins. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He needs to camera be able to camera die. further. <laughs> right. Yeah. He needs to be, do that, like the legs kicking as he's jumping because it's that wide of a jump. Thing. Right. Right. So when. Well, yes. Do we have anything else to say about the initial part? I mean, it's pretty straightforward. You you go through the battalion stuff. You get Kenson. You get out. I mean, you get some clues as far as oh, they're they're talking about crashing an asteroid into a a Mass Effect relay. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this base is in really disrepair, not in very oh, yeah. good condition. It's kind of crappy. Also, don't really get this gas valve puzzle. I'm like, I did it. Kind of like, what is what is this? This is guys really to fix your shit. Yeah, I had I, the the gas valve thing is definitely like I, I feel like when I've done that, I, like the last time I did it, when this last playthrough that I did it, it, it seemed like it wasn't even a puzzle so much as it was like go press this button, go see this like plot relevant thing, and then press it again, and it's going to open a completely new pathway for you. Yeah, it was just kind of just like I don't really think it's a, a puzzle. I, I think it's I like know, I- gating and routing you through the the game i I don't know i missed something and had to go through there like i'm like what i forget what i missed when i was doing it but like i wound up having to go through those tunnels like three or four times and so every time it was okay open this valve close this valve open this valve close this valve Hmm. like i mean maybe it wasn't a puzzle but it was just the number of steps and i got very good at it because i'm like okay i know i know what i'm doing but like yeah it was just annoying um but yeah i mean it's it's you know it shows, like you said, it shows how much disrepair this place is in. Because especially you come into these, like, it's almost like ruins. You're in, like, the basement. It's all decrepit. Yeah. You get up, and at least it looks a little more modern when you kind of come out of there. But it's still, it, you know, this isn't uh, this isn't where they're sending their, like, high-value prisoners and stuff. But I guess that's the point, though, is this is on, like, the edge of Batarian space, especially if it's near the, the mass relay. It's, you know, it's not going to... Although what, I guess, that's the question, is what did Batarian society at its pinnacle look like or are batarians because they're sort of the uh you know they're not exiled but they're you know they're looked down upon by the rest of the council races is the, are they living in a bit a bit lower level quality of life yeah. than say the other races well, i mean I think- they're living lower quality race they're just they're just more an aggressive race they have slaves it's like they're they're doing fine for the most part until the stuff of this mission is but they're under sanctions, though, right? Like they're definitely under sanctions from council races. They, yeah, you know, they're in a situation. I, I always, I mean, I'm sorry, but I always think of Batarians as space Russians, and I know that's a very shallow surface level comparison. And there's lots of things that don't connect. It's just an easy, lazy way for my brain to work. And you know, there's some yeah. some parallels yeah. make sense, some don't. Um, but yeah, like the. They're under sanctions, so their economy has taken a hit. They have trade problems, obviously, because sanctions are bad. And the their recourse is to hang out with like determinist systems people who are also, you know, not participants in what you would call upstanding galactic slash Western society and civilization. So Yeah. Yeah. That's why and that's why I say like they're, you know, space Russians or space north koreans or whatever like they're they're cut off a little bit from the rest of of like normal galactic society as it's presented to you the player 
Yeah. I think I think it's like less probably less Russia and more like either Cuba or North Korea where the things are kind of like cut off because sure. Russia at least can like has a little bit more weight to throw around than uh yeah, I think that's what fair. Yeah. do. Yeah, I mean that's why it's like I know it's not a perfect analogy at all. Um Cuba's probably better, except I don't who's going to Batarian space for tourism, you know? But um <laughs> The question is, do the Batarians have awesome cigars? They might. Yeah, they might have the best cigars. DR cigars are just as good as Cubans. I will die on that hill. <laughs> yeah, um, but you can't say it's a Cuban cigar. So it's like, just no, I name suppose Cuban not. cigar more than... I, I don't, like, I live like two hours from Vancouver. I can just go buy Cuban cigars and not declare yeah. them whenever I want. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Not, not that I would, Uncle Sam. Plus, plus two points renegade. <laughs> uh, oh, man. Um, I actually have a, a DR cigar that I got uh, on our last trip for my uh, 40th birthday that needs to be smoked and go ruin my garage for a, a day or two. Um, nice. but yeah, so I think like, I think this base is like indicative of the general state of disrepair that is Batarian society. Like I, things are not going great for them and they, they cover this. Like we're not quite at Mass Effect 3, but they definitely talk about this in the Mass Effect 3 lore. Oh, things are going much worse for them after this. <laughs> true. True. And like, this is like, like, not like a, a small, small colony or anything else. There is. 300,000 people in this Batarian colony? That is not a small number. No. That's a lot of uh, a lot of people. So it's like, this place is all this bad a condition. Like, what's going on here? Well, it's not just the colony that gets wiped out either at the end of this. No, the entire system's gone. There's nothing left. Yeah. 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 So, and, and then ultimately the Reapers come through and wipe out the Batarian hegemony anyway. Well, yeah. Yeah, because I think... I think what is it? Like they destroy it destroys the uh the relay and causes the sun to go supernova or something. I think's what happened. Mm. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's bad. So But uh it was a little of a nice callback near uh I'm probably skipping over, like we can, but like I near the end of it we get to see an image of a Reaper again. And it just reminded me of Mass Effect One where we saw the first Reaper. Like, oh hi guys, yeah. how you doing? How's it well, going? What's interesting is, yeah, you get to talk to Harbinger, and it makes sense if you're doing this after the suicide mission, because that's where you get the big reveal that Harbinger is not that creepy little, uh, you know, creepy little collector bug guy, but it's actually, there was, he was under control by a Reaper. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, if you somehow do the, well, yes, I mean, now at this point, you, the DLC is available. You could have done this, like, as your first mission, basically. Actually, I guess if you did it as your first mission, it really doesn't matter too much because you're all in there by Shepard by yourself. I don't think as far as the power level goes, you're really getting overwhelmed by too much here. It just chronologically makes no sense because you're like, ah, oh, the Reapers are coming. The Reapers are coming. Wait, are, what about the suit? Does the suicide mission matter anymore now that I stopped them with this, this invasion? Right. Yeah. Right. And, uh, right. and that, that's, yeah, that's my point there is even then, like, you get the reveal that Harbinger is a Reaper before you even understand who Harbinger is. Does it is it possible to do it that early? Like I feel like arrival doesn't unlock right away. Maybe not right away. Uh, I think arrival. I know you can get it early. It's it, it's in my it it it's in your logs pretty early. Huh. Um, I have to check. Maybe maybe around horizon it comes loose. I don't know. Okay. Because that I mean 
it's kind of unfortunate. Like it feels like yeah, something it's a, that it's after horizon after horizon. You can go do it. Okay. okay. That's probably still too early in the game. Honestly, way too early. Yeah. No, th- this, it really, it should be like at the very, like, like maybe when you get the Reaper IFF or something, it, it should be that later in the game. Yeah. That, and ultimately this really feels like, you know, as we've said, this is the bridge from two to three. That it should be done after the suicide mission, which would be weird to have a mission pop up after you do the last mission in the game, but that's kind of how it should go. Yeah, but it, it also feels kind of like it's kind of very similar to like the Take Down the Sky DLC, where you can see some of the improvements they've made in the development of the game through this, and some and some of the stuff going into three. And I'll say like one thing: things look a lot nicer in these buildings and in these environments than they did in two. In two. Like two didn't look bad, but it looks a lot nicer in this one. Yeah. I, there's a lot more detail, yeah. I do like the consistency that the Batarian DLC involves smashing asteroids into things. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's Batarian's asteroids. They go together real well. They do, yeah. 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 Little peanut butter jelly kind of thing. Batarians smash, <laughs> smash asteroids into things. Here's some- it's a little bit turn. Turnabout is fair play, too. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want to smash an asteroid? Now we're going to do it to you. Yeah, except only one of us succeeds. Uh, here's the funny thing. There's there's three upgrades that come with Arrival, which, wow, that's pointless. You oh, can get yeah. a, a heavy weapon, uh, ammo, heavy skin weave, and meta gel capacity upgrades doing Arrival. Like, great, cool. I mean, I guess oh. if you do it early, sure. Yeah, it's it's kind of normal because like the upgrade I got from it was like my gut for my gut my pistol, which is my class's spe- specialty is pistols, and I don't get it till I've beaten the game and play a rival. Awesome. Ugh. I was wondering why, like for the most of the game, like where's this last upgrade? Oh, it's over here. That's funny. okay. If they're gonna put upgrades like that in the DLC, especially that's not coming out till like a year or so after the game came out, and it's clearly intended to be done after the rest of the game. They should let you carry that over to Mass Effect 3. Like, oh, did you mm-hmm. get that upgrade in, in Arrival? Then you can, you know, have an extra little boost to your starting weapon, you know, in, in 3 or something. So I I actually, I don't know what Mass Effect 3 plays like if you start a brand new file. I've, I've never done it. Because, like, you, when you start 3, you roll in. I mean, assuming you finished 2 and you did all this stuff, you roll in at, like, half of max level and, and you do bring stuff with you you do yeah so you don't feel like too bad it still feels weird with mass effect 3 like super high leveled but um did anybody else have like a when we're when you first get to that the human base it, like everything felt very weird like the, the chiro i'm like man we got tons of time that doesn't seem right yeah something's going wrong over here well what i thought was funny is like who made the timer like what was the point of it like they they made like a big like countdown like it's not like New Year's Eve or whatever like you need to have a thing to count down like everybody's gonna be aware. I just felt like that was just a, a misuse of resources to make that big clock. But I mean, it serves its purpose narratively that you know after Shepard gets knocked out and wakes up that like all of a sudden the timer's down to like you have a half hour now. Yeah, that's I think, fair. Um, you I don't know. I mean, like I could see somebody on the on the station who you know knew the plan and knew this was coming. It's going to be on your mind, right? Like, I think I think the timer starts and it's like 168 hours. It's like or some super long time. Like it's more than a week. Yeah, uh, yeah, or something like that. And then obviously, like you get incapacitated and it all changes. But 
if you're on this station and you're like, okay, I'm going to be here for a while, you're going to be thinking a lot about like, even in your off time, what's going to happen. So maybe you just, you know, for fun, go wire up this timer to, to have a countdown for when you're bugging out. I guess. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I wonder, I wonder, did they make it before or after they were indoctrinated? I think before. I would think before, yeah. Because like, like, it's, yeah. What are you saying, Kara? I said, like, it makes no sense for them to do it like, after indoctrinated because, like, well, okay, what do we need time for? Why do we show, like, are we here? We're anticipating Shepard's going to be here. We make sure they make sure, like, hey, Shepard, go ahead, timer. We're totally going to do this thing. No. Well, no, but, they're counting down until the Reapers show up. Yeah. So they're like, oh, they are, are you know, our new overlords are going to get here. Woo I guess it's fair. I guess it's like, woo. I get, they're all the they're all the people that were on top of the building in Independence Day that were celebrating. <laughs> I actually just watched that tw- this week, so oh, nice. Still, still holds up pretty well, surprisingly. Hmm. Amazing uh, for a over what twenty year movie? Yeah, yeah. over twenty years. Like, still holds up pretty well. Yeah, twenty five. Yeah. But uh, anyways, I guess now when you think about that, if they built it after the Reaper, after they got indoctrinated, it would make sense. It would be their New Year's Eve. Like, yeah, heck so yeah! Like, Reapers are why here. Are they, why are there streamers? Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pyro? What? Crap! Since you see borders, what's interesting? I remember. No, you're saying like the the enemy typings in here are kind of interesting for some reason. Like they felt a bit more tougher in this mission than I the rest of the game was. Yep. There's a lot of those uh, assholes with uh, flamethrowers. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, a lot of those. Ugh. There was definitely like I sent my when I did this uh, last. I I sent my buddy a clip of me like just doing like a biotic lift on one of these dudes and just like very slowly murdering him like one bullet at a time because I hate I hate 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 that enemy type so much. <laughs> I did too. It actually like this is the first time I actually got killed a couple times in this mission because like most yeah. of the other game I wasn't really dying too much. So I'm like. Stop letting me on fire. I hate you. Yep. yep. Just just so infuriating. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think it's, you know, and it's tougher because you don't have your squad with you, obviously. And so those times where like, you know, particularly a flamethrower dude knocks you backwards or, or gives you a hard time. A lot of times your squad would have been there to, to save yeah. your ass and, you know, use a power, do anything even remotely useful. And well, there's nobody here to help you. Yeah, I also like the they all start attacking at once before you get knocked out. I've been a while since I played this, so I didn't know I was supposed to get knocked out, and I played that for way too long. Oh yeah, yeah, yes. you can you can keep <laughs> going for quite a while. You yeah, that, that's actually kind of fun. Yeah, because, yeah, because you're like you're running out of ammo, you're still punching them, you're you're yep. barely hanging on, but you're doing it, and you're just like, okay, like what is this over? <laughs> No, that that's a fun little mechanic, like the fight that you can't win and you just don't know it because yeah. they just keep coming. I got yeah. so mad I died like shit, I gotta do that again. Oh wait, that's supposed to happen. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then yeah, then the next time you're just like, all right, here we go. Just start beating me up. I'm not fighting back. <laughs> it also felt like it was way too easy to get out of that cage. Like they literally were setting me up just to get out of that cage. I'm like, Yeah, that was weird. You guys, like you guys are indoctrinated, but you're not stupid yet. I hope. Yeah, but I they're not I mean, there, there aren't. I mean, there, there's scientists, and and aren't they kind of like if, at best like gorillas? Like they're not. I don't think they're sold. Well, I mean, they do have the the, the guys with the flamethrowers. So I, I don't think you have to be sold to understand how to lock people up. Pretty sure scientists well, yeah, and stuff still, make most of these uh, make most of jail cells and security systems. Not yeah, soldiers. You have to, yeah, you have the whole little mini game there where you have to get the robot to let you out. 
Yeah, but still, they usually may have better security systems to not be able to hack, have your robot get hacked and let you out. Well, I don't think they were expecting Shepard to wake up, is the problem. Their, their solution was he should be knocked out. Yeah. It's it's freaking Shepard. The Reapers want them. The Reapers know how good Shepard is. They should have, hey, this is Shepard. Person kind the of a Reapers badass. The told them when they got there. So, there was an achievement uh, in the original version of this for killing all the dudes when you when you first get to the base, and then they you know, ambush you. Uh, yeah, it, they remove that from Legendary, which is good because it's annoying. It, it, it's interesting to think that if not for the Batarians, then the Reapers would have just rolled right into the galaxy because the Batarians actually managed to catch Kenson, who was clearly compromised at this point and had no plans to actually go through with right. the detonation of the, of the relay. But because she already started the process, that what's that's what tipped off the Batarians to get her. Mm-hmm. And so that gets once she's captured, that brings Shepard into the equation, and then Shepard's able to stop everything. Hmm. So if not for the Batarians catching Kenson, Kenson would have stayed free. Kenson would have not blown up the relay after starting, you know, after stealing the stuff and sending supplies around, and then the Reapers just roll in, and then everybody dies. Yep, that's actually fair. I hadn't thought about that. Like. Yeah, the, the, yeah, because if the Batarians had been in that system, then no one would like but had an issue of them blowing it up, and then they've been indoctrinated and went and blown it up. So, yeah, the the Batarians slowed down the Reapers a lot. That's really the Reapers' problem is that the two relays that they're relying on. Well, I guess in this case here, this is what they, you know this was their backup plan. But originally, we like they they had the, re- the relay at the Citadel that got taken out. But then, like, they sh- yeah, they should have had, like, a backup relay, like, just off in the middle of nowhere that nobody knew about. But I feel like even if they did, like, still, like, somebody would have found that relay and, and yeah. built a society around that, yeah. 50,000 years is a long time. Yes. Yeah, and I guess they can't, they can't, with how big the Reapers are, they can't all just go into the safe zone of the uh, Omega-4 relay area. Just go with the black hole and just come from the center. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it, that did not seem like an area you would want to have a bunch of, of ships. And I mean, they could probably make it work, but... When did you guys realize that Kenson was not your friend? When she started babbling, when they started babbling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when you were like, so how did you guys not get indoctrinated? And I'm like, oh yeah, we just didn't. Yeah, that was, it was, yeah, it was pretty much that. Like, like as oh. soon as you walk in there and Shepard's like, so Reaper Artifacts just kind of chilling here, huh? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, oh God. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I have to kill you all. So it's going to be like <laughs> nice that, knowing. huh? All right. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much a Tuesday for Shepard. The only thing that was that, that was just missing was just a bunch of husks ready to, bunch, uh, to bitch slap us all. But, you know, probably somewhere in there, there was some, there were some husks ready to go. But unless just, they hadn't been there long enough to get, get anybody turned into husks. I don't know. No, they, had, they, they only had the, uh, the artifact. They didn't have any, like, dragon spires or anything. I think once the Reapers came in, they probably would have. Well, yeah, but there's been, there's been other artifacts we found that didn't have dragon spires That's either, true. and they turned into husks still. Yeah. So, doesn't yeah. necessarily need to have uh, have those. Yeah, that's true. We don't really know everything about the husk formation process. Like, we don't want to know everything. I don't wonder that. if the indoctrination does give you the knowledge to build uh, those those dragon fangs, and you have to you get those to turn people into husks. I wonder if that's a thing. That could be hell of a way to find no. out, though. Yeah. <laughs> So one little thing that I noticed, I was using Inferno ammo in this fight, and I shot one of the guards, and he caught on fire, Mm -hmm. and he started yelling, stop, drop, and roll. (laughs) 
That's no, great. really. Oh wow! Right, like warp ammo is my ride or die in Mass Effect Two. Like as long as somebody in my squad has it, like I'll pick it up as a spare power too. That's funny. I need to use okay. Inferno more in this game or in these games. Oh, I, I burn everybody. I get the pyromaniac achievement like on my yeah. second mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing. I'm I'm replaying on PC again because I have problems, and I'm playing engineer. So I think Inferno ammo and I are going to become good friends this time. Yeah, it's my first engineer playthrough. Nice. And I, I do like uh, Kenson. Uh, you find one of her logs and she says, we simply don't know enough about what the Reapers want. It's foolish to assume the Reapers mean doom for the galaxy. Um, like, come on. <laughs> you mean after they killed all the Protheans doesn't mean doom? Like, oh, they want to be friends. Everybody else they've wiped out was just wrong. But did, they, did they really kill all the Protheans? <sighs> within, within margin of error, yes. <laughs> yes. Except for the ones they converted into collectors. Yeah. I guess, like, even those are, they're kind of dead in their own way. Like, when you killed 99%, 99% of a species, that's pretty much killing all of them. The 0.1% aren't really uh, relevant at that point. So, I did like the one fight where you're in, like, there's, like, that, you have to get to the different control centers. Like, it's kind of like a ring you have to go around, and you have to kind of, like, fight your way through mm-hmm. them. And there's, you got to get like the barricades and stuff, and then you get in, and then you got the guys kind of coming from behind you as you're going around, and then you got to get to the elevator in the middle to go down. That fight, I remembered from my first playthrough, and I was playing it again. I'm like, wait, I actually remember this fight. And yeah, the, the, like, I thought that was some cool level design that they had. Yeah, you know what's kind of funny for me is I played this before, and I remembered nothing of this. I don't remember why. I completely forgot about this one. You think this would be more fresher than the rest of the games, but no. For some reason, I'm like, I remember the early area, but for some reason I remember the secondary where you go through the thing and go through the station and try to set this place to explode or like, you know. I I think it's, for me at least, it's because there's not actually a heck of a lot of story. Like if you summarize the story of this mission, it's go save scientists, oops, scientist indoctrinated, finished scientist's job of blowing up the relay. Like it's, there's no conversations really of consequence. Like there's one, I mean, I guess the one where you meet Kenson and then you go back to the base and see that they're just chilling with a Reaper artifact. But like, that's kind of it, right? Like, that's fair. I feel like a lot of our missions in a lot of this game is, oh, go find person. Oh shit, they're indoctrinated. Or corrupted in some other way, but yeah. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of people that turn on Shepard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think, I think there's no like really affecting like, story moments in this because i i'm sorry i guess i'm also a space racist so me and ashley can be buds um i don't i didn't care that much that i blew up this batarian system like i know it's bad <laughs> like objectively but like i was just like yeah but i mean it's kind of cost of doing business like needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few and also they're batarians <laughs> yeah but but also there are no good batarians that you meet like there might be some that are a little more yeah i guess nicer than others but they all are pretty much like kind of right at, 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 they're be- all bad at guys. best they're they're mercenaries that really like don't have any allegiance to any system and at worst they're you know uh what was it balak yeah whatever was his name who Balak? Uh, you know, yeah was a, genocidal terrorists yeah right so so i mean it's, it's it's interesting like oh if this was like a sorry or turian space Mm-hmm. Like this plays out completely differently because you're like, 
oh crap, like you know those guys are you know you know kind of you know cooled at varying degrees, right? Whereas like with the Batarians, I think it's intentional. Like, how much guilt do you want to carry yeah. over this? Because we've given you no reason to show any actual empathy towards them. Do you just value life for the sake of valuing life, or are you like yeah, fuck those guys? That's fair. Because like, I think the I mean, first uh, Batari you feed on a on Omega tries to poison you if you drink it for the bartender. So uh, yeah. fair. The other first, the first year Dexter Batarians is in the Bring Down the Sky where they're trying to blow up the colony. The only decent Batarian is. Is uh, it dead Batarian? Wait. <laughs> no, actually, I was going to say the, the Batarian guard for, for Arya is pretty cool. He's a pretty chill dude. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, never, right? he's never really that rude to you. He's just like, hey, do you got weapons? No, cool. Here's Arya. Go talk to her. Yeah. Yeah, he's fine. I, yeah, I, I think, I think that is a lot of it is like, I, the Batarians are at best an antagonistic party, but really, I mean, you look at them as enemies. And so, you know, yeah, I blew up your system, but yeah. So did you, oh. so did we all choose then to warn the colonies or I did just be like, okay. Yeah. I mean, as, as much game as I'm talking, like your, I, I think your choices are either like, do something vaguely humane or don't for no particular reason. Well, I guess the only thing is it's like you could warn them. It's like, you know, they've got maybe a half hour at that point. If that like, yeah. are they really, but they were all dead away. They're no. screwed. You can warn them, but they block your transmission. So your warning doesn't go through. So, right. You at least yeah, could, so it's really just, do you get the warm fuzzies? That's basically it. You get the warm fuzzies. Like, ah, oh, well, at least I tried. It wasn't a complete dickhole and just said, fuck them. So at least tried, but you know, couldn't get through, so does it matter? Not really. Uh, it matters to them. They didn't. I'm pretty sure they didn't like being blown up. Well, I guess they didn't get blown up. They got, they got vaporized. So I guess they only have an instant before, like, huh, the sun got brighter. Oh, ow. <laughs> so we were talking about this a minute ago, and I was just looking. Um, and because I think none of us have ever done a rival before doing the suicide mission. But if you do, the hologram you talk to is the Collector General, not Harbinger the Reaper. So they actually, oh, wow. yeah, yeah, that's like a cool, cool I, I need to do this like out of order. Like I need to do a weird out of order playthrough at some point. Yeah. Um, go get Legion and then just like save scum and, and fix my save so I can import it in three. But yeah, that's a, that's a cute little detail. So, I mean, like effectively, and the wiki notes this, either way, you're still talking to Harbinger. You yes. are, but at least it makes it at least makes sense that you wouldn't realize it then. Like, so you just think that right. the collectors are working with them to try to get the reapers here sooner than they would have. Right, right. Mm. That's a cool little detail. That is cool. At least they have some way of making it make sense, or at least not like spoiling things too much for you. Like we all know yeah. the reapers are coming, but you know, right. It's a big reveal when you find out the harbinger is the actual like is actually a reaper, not the uh, the general. Yeah, yeah, like, because, yeah, I mean, because if you think about, like, the first game, it was always, like, Saren and Sovereign, like, working together, and here you've got Harbinger as kind of your antagonist. Yeah. And, you know, then you don't realize, like, oh, no, like, Harbin it's really Harbinger and the, the Collector General. Right. The two of them are really working together, and you don't realize yeah, that. Yeah, but we really should have seen it coming, too, and now I think about it, because the first game, we think Saren's big bad, and then realize it's just a Reaper working behind him. This time, we think... It's his collector general's a big bad with re but no, it's actually the Reapers controlled well, him again. We knew that the Reaper they were working with the Reapers, but I don't think we knew to the degree. We didn't know like, oh no, there's a Reaper actually calling the shots. Yeah. Which I mean I think yeah, ultimately it makes sense. Like 
Okay, so when we get to Mass Effect 3, then I'm just going to assume that the Reapers are behind everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, the yeah. Reapers are behind the Reaper attacks. Who freaking <laughs> knew? Oh, shit. One other detail that I did like in the, the DLC here is that, like, when you fight the guards, like, their name comes up as just, like, whatever guard type they are, you know, whatever en- enemy type. But when you kill them, like, they actually call out to each other, like, oh, no, Tomas or or Williams, no. So, like, you do get a sense, like, they're actually, like, people, like, they're actually relationships here that you're really messing with because you're just wiping them all out. Yeah, it always makes me feel worse when I hear people say names, like, no! Like, oh, you actually are friends and knew each other. Whoopsie. Well, don't worry. You're going to join them shortly. You're an actualized person. Oh, no. I killed a human thing, sort of. I think it's tricky to do that though. Like this is, and this is a good place for them to do it because it's a small part of just this DLC. I think it gets harder because this the fifth time you hear, "Oh no, Thompson got killed!" Like, oh really? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, you're only killing each of these guards once. Like, you're right? Not, yeah, not killing thousands upon thousands of Thomases and Williams. Well, it it is interesting though that they kind of add a humanity to these, and and even then, like they were ostensibly your allies until you found out they were indoctrinated. And they tried to right. do you. So, you know, it, you know, it's, it's not just that you're perpetrating a, you know, like a, a, a crime against humanity against the Batarians. You're also very intimately killing all of these people here that you presumably would have been working with. So um, it really does feel like this plays a lot on Shepard's morality. Yeah. And you're also I like, mean, not, you know, not just the Batarian decision, but also just your actions going through the, the project facility. Well, that is yeah. also the fact that these are like, not like evil people or bad people. They're indoctrinated. They've no longer have their own will. They are essentially just basically like also victims here. Right. Yeah. And we're just yeah, putting I mean, them down. It's tough when you debrief at the end of this and you talk to Hackett because like he and Kenson have a history like it's it's I mean, it's kind of her fault. Um, or maybe it's not. I mean, maybe, you know, they found the artifact and they couldn't get it isolated in time to avoid indoctrination. Well, it was a big artifact. Yeah, it was a big artifact. Yeah. And also, like, how long does it take to get indoctrinated? They they no one's really done a study on that. So it's like. They're probably guessing, like, well, hopefully we have enough time to get this through and not get not get screwed over. But you know, faster than they expected, right? And how do you actually counteract that? Like, what do you do to make sure you don't get your mind changed? You need you need this artifact, but you don't want to get infected. Like, what do you do? Have some like the only thing you can do basically be like the Batarians, have a group of like uh, just servants or slaves to go do it, grab the stuff, not be near you. That way, you can. Well, put- how would they have like sealed it away? Yeah. I mean, if you put it like behind like a lead wall or something, is that going to block whatever effects or is it still going to get through? Also, like, can you use, can you use machines? Can you use machines to grab this stuff and not get close to it? Like how much distance do you need to be away from it? I mean, it, it seems like the Reaper tech has some ability to influence machines. Certainly Geth. Well, Geth have an intelligence to them. I mean, what about, I mean, uh. You know, like just a, a standard, like those little robot dogs. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, uh, yeah, like, I mean, could, could they be indoctrinated? Also, it was a good question. You, could you get indoctrinated through the machines if you're trying to like remote control them? Can you be indoctrinated through that way? I'm going to say no, because if you could, then all they'd have to do is just tap into like the broadcast frequencies and then they could 
I think, broadcast their indoctrination across the galaxy and it's game over. Well, isn't that what the scream they used to do when you hear that Reapers are is basically they've tried to indoctrinate you? Yeah, but they're doing it at a closer distance. Probably. Aren't they? I don't know. Like, I'm not really sure how it works. Like, sometimes I'm playing this game, I'm also on my Shepard. I'm like, how do I know I'm not being indoctrinated right now? How do I know this is not happening to me in real time? And I just have no idea. Shepard's been through a lot of Reaper artifacts. What if Mass Effect is just indoctrinating you against the Reapers? This is just anti-Reaper propaganda that you've been given. Oh, of course. And when the Reapers do show up, you're going to be like, oh, I've seen this. I know these guys are bad news when really they are here. I mean, who knows? Who who really, you know, why why do the Reapers have to mean doom for the universe? Hey, Chip, we got got to get rid of Nick. He's indoctrinated. Oh, crap. He's... I don't know who's I don't know who's anything anymore. I'm too confused. <laughs> maybe, but you know, I mean, maybe we would maybe the Reapers would bring universal health care. Huh? Uh, <laughs> they are evil then, right? Universal health care, those evilest thing. <laughs> All right. Getting a little too political by accident, sorry. <laughs> All right, so do we have anything else to say about Arrival, or I think, uh, are we pretty good there? Uh, no, pretty good. It makes it, it's, I like I the Arrival, because yeah. it's a very good lead-in to Mass Effect 3. Mm-hmm. Well, do we have anything to say? I mean, now this officially closes the book for us on Mass Effect 2. Do we have anything to say to, to wrap that up? Uh, I will say that after I finish this up, I didn't get the achievement for romancing a t- uh, a teammate in this game, but even though it says I did romance Tally in three, it says I rom- romanced her. So I'm very confused at how I didn't get the achievement. That's this weird. This counts me as romancing huh. her. You have to play again. Yeah, yeah. I play this. Yeah, it's, it's just annoying. Like I know it's just achievement. It's whatever. It doesn't make a difference, but it still bugs me that just that didn't pop when I actually did the stuff. I, I've had some like weird achievement wonkiness in this game, um, particularly the legendary edition. I feel like uh, that's fine. I'll just have to play it again. But for the game itself, had a good time. Gotta give it a break. Probably play again next year. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I, I think I incorrectly estimated when this game came out and i said it was game of the decade for the 2010s uh i'd still stick by that even though i guess it came out in 2009 um i I don't you know was it 2009 i think it was yeah oh yeah um i it's still one of my uh oh no 2010 yeah 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 for sure 2010 yeah absolute absolute game of the decade for the 2010s please i I don't want to talk about dark souls mass effect 2 is actually fun to play uh and rewarding and has replayability dark souls has has actually good replayability but sort of for me lacks in the fun aspect this is top five maybe top three games for me of all video games ever it really is like it's like the only other game of the decade i really like i really enjoyed there was probably portal 2 and stuff like that but even that as good as it was i still think it was great was was better yeah i just know I just know Jarrett's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna be like, "You guys are wrong." Oh yeah. Also, <laughs> well, because I mean, well, I, to be fair, I I did. Uh, they have the uh, the two zero one X series where they talk about mm-hmm. the best games of the, the whole decade each year by year. Um, and yeah, I mean, Mass Effect was in, Mass Effect two was in there definitely, but uh, yeah, um, I know that they, they especially later in the decade, I know that he he liked a lot some of the games that came out then. But no, for for me personally, I, I'm this is in my top 
five, maybe top three. I have to. I don't think. I, I don't think I can break it down. I think that, it's like, hard. It's up but, there. You it, know. It, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, this is a it, desert it, island game for me. It's it's like one of you know yes. you talk about your desert island uh, albums or whatever, and and this is one of those like if I had to pick five games that I would just be stuck with, like this would be one of them for sure. And yeah, yeah. I, we are talking about a decade where like Breath of the Wild came out and things like that, and God of War, Dark Souls, Last of Us. Minecraft. No, no, no. Witcher 3. <laughs> Here's the thing. Here's the GTA thing about 5. a lot of those you mentioned. So like God of War, uh, not so much Dark Souls, uh, Last of Us, like those narrative games. So much of the scaffolding of like how to build these good narrative games it was built off the back of some of these amazing Bioware accomplishments. And this, I mm -hmm. think, is like the pinnacle of Bioware games. And and frankly, Unlike Last of Us, unlike God of War, your choices really matter in this game. Like what you chose to do, what you chose not to do, how you, you know, like there's so much branching stuff. There's so many crazy things. I just watched a video where you can bring Legion to meet the council for the first time in this game. Like if you just don't meet the council until you go get Legion and the council will be like, we don't care about your your pet robot there. Like they did so <laughs> much in this game to respect every little tiny choice that you make that like, I, I think is still kind of unparalleled to this day. Yeah, I agree. I mean, on, on the one hand, you're, you're absolutely right because even, even then just looking at the way all your decisions can t lead into that final mission that if you don't, you know, upgrade the armor, then that's going to cause a problem for you later. So, I mean, it's a very, you know, it's very straightforward that way. Very, you know, like, you know, checking off boxes and that leads, you get those flow charts that, you know, we, right. we used, at least I used, to make sure I, I, you know, checked every box to, you know, not have anything go wrong. Um, so, I mean, they do a great job that way of making your decisions carry weight there. Um, and I, I think you're right, too. Like, you know, having stuff like, you know, Legion being able to meet the council or having the Collector General instead of Harbinger show up when, you know, you do the Arrival DLC. Um, you know, it shows that they took a lot of time to consider how, you know, all the different, you know, the different order of things. I mean, that's really the decisions. You know, I mean, there's the individual decisions you make, but the major decision is really what order do you do all of this in? Because that first moment that you get, like, you know, after you kind of, you know, uh, you know, you're back on the Normandy and you're like, okay, you know, we've got to go, you know, you do the, the mission to get, uh, where you, you meet Tally and she doesn't come with you. And then you're like, okay, here's a bunch of stuff. Go to, you know, and it says very strongly, go to Omega first, get Morden, get Zaid, get, get Archangel. But you're free to go anywhere at that point. And I mean, I think, you know, like it's impressive that you can follow that freedom that you have a, lo a lot of freedom. And yet one of the things that I love about this game is that the narrative is so linear that it's like, you get these people, you go to this place, you get more people, you go right. to this place, you get everybody on, you know, on your side, go to this other place and, and you know, wrap, wrap stuff up. It's, it's an interesting tightrope to walk. It's freedom, and yet it's restricted, and it works beautifully. It all works. I think. I think that's really what blows me away about this game. Still, is that it all like narratively, it delivers an impactful story. It gives you lots of freedom to do things in the order you want to do them. Surprising little details pop out at you, and somehow the game like holds together. You that, and like I still love the fact that like I've been playing this game for like over a decade and i'm still finding new stuff i didn't realize or they do it figured out things like oh i can do this this way oh okay they get a chance like i like to try different like different builds different ways of playing right. like like at, at the end of the last of us you know joel is whatever you think of him 
he makes that decision. You don't have agency there. Yeah, he's just a selfish asshole no matter what you do. So, you know. I mean, yeah. However you want to look at it. Like, and it's a great narrative, but I don't, is it a better narrative than Mass Effect 2? I'm not convinced that it is. It, they're slightly different games in that regard. Like Absolutely. you don't really have any, you don't really have any control over Joel. You don't get to customize him. You don't get to, you know, name any part of him. I mean, it's your, you know, you're pretty much on rails that whole time. It's, right. it's a, a narrative that you're going on. And I mean, obviously there are parts of this that kind of have to be on rails. Like you have to go through the Omega four relay. You have to, you know, get certain crew members to, you know, to back you up going through the Omega four relay. Um, so, you know, like certain things have to happen, but you get, you know, again, you're playing with a, you know, your shepherd can look however you want. Your shepherd can be of whatever gender you want. Your shepherd can have whatever attitude you want. And those little things, even if the end outcome is the same, shepherd goes through the Omega 4 relay and, you know, punches a reaper in the face. It's still, there's a lot of, yeah. you know, individual experience along the way. And that's, right. the, I mean, that's the thing is, is, I mean, most of us will play the game, you know, and, and see the standard things. but yeah, you can get Legion early and you can bring Legion. Uh, that's a fascinating game to think like you're taking this Geth and showing him the universe in a way that no other Geth has seen it. Right. Like, that's a fascinating game to get to experience. It's in this well, game here. And like 90% of us never see that because why would you get Legion that early? Yeah, it's also right. Fun. Because I, I, that's a cool way to get your whole crew yeah. killed. Sorry. Yeah. It was like this game is like, I just, I like the fact that also like it was Shepard we're playing as. It's not a silent protagonist. It's not quiet. They make their own. They have their own voice. They make their own decisions. They're their own character. We get to customize them, but they're still Shepard. Everybody knows who Shepard is. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I just I love this game so much, and it's going to make. I think we'll have a very interesting conversation about Mass Effect Three and and probably the series as a whole. But like this, and I'm I'm actually like I'm scrolling through you know a list of some of the best games of the 2010s and there's a lot of amazing stuff here but i feel comfortable walking away saying no this absolutely was game of the decade like the, the only one that i could like probably push on you is probably just my personal favorite undertale but that's a different game completely it's a very <laughs> different game but it's and hugely influential and, and i think so the other thing and maybe i'm having whatever the opposite of recency bias is there's so much that this game nailed in design decisions and and things that people took and and carried forward and put into other games, which I think is great. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the problem with recency bias, though, is that it works against the game here because it came out in 2010. Right. So in 2020, when you're putting your best games of the decade list together, you know, you're going to be thinking about, I mean, 2018 was a killer year for games. You're thinking 20, about like you know, Disco Elysium. You're thinking about God of War. Like you're thinking you know, yeah, maybe Breath of the Wild and like, yeah. And, 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 and great to be games. fair, exactly. There are a ton of great games. And so when you're, you know, trying to, you know, put into that stratus, you know, stratify that one tier of like the upper echelon, that gets tough and you start getting real nitpicky and it all comes down to personal preference. Yeah. And obviously, obviously the three of us are very big Mass Effect fans right. or else we wouldn't be doing this, mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, I would assume that everybody over on uh, on uh, We Are Survivors would probably argue that you know Last of Us is very worthy of where it belongs. Yeah, so. we also like uh, um, the same games that came out in 2010. We had Fallout New Vegas and stuff like that. And I think that's that's a, I mean that game. You see, this is so funny because Fallout New Vegas is a great example of my now coworkers over at Obsidian who made a lovely game that was absolutely broken. Like that game was so buggy. 
yes, you had a lot of agency, except that it just gave you new ways to break the game. And I think one of the things that stands out to me about Mass Effect 2 is that despite the, you know, tens of thousands of ways you can do things in this game, it doesn't just fall apart. Not as buggy. Yeah. If anything, I mean, you, we've had reports of, of slightly different bugs unexpected in the Legendary Edition. But even overall, overall, I mean, I haven't, I think once I was on the Normandy and I somehow fell out of the Normandy. Oh, really? I'm just falling through space. That's kind of cool. I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, did, you, did you record that? I have to find it. I don't remember when it that sounds was. sounds amazing. I, I'm sure I was recording it. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, I have to like just go back to my last save. Um, you know, not great. But, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, you know little stuff like that but overall i mean the game the game is solid there's i mean yeah uh, we didn't run into any issues that caused us to have to like you know like oh crap this whole save is corrupted we have to go back hours um you know nothing like that i mean right it's you know i I mean as far as the transition to the legendary edition goes i think everything there has been smooth it's the game is everything that i remember and it had and especially all the moments i mean this this game had so many moments that I appreciated you know, that I that I couldn't wait for. Like I talked about in the uh, on Tuchanko when you get to blow up the the clan, clan warlock speaker. That's still one of my favorite moments in video fun. gaming. Yeah, it's always gonna be one of my favorite yeah. moments in video gaming. You know, and and you've got that. You've got so many characters. You've got twelve characters that you have to like somebody in that group. Oh, not even you, just the twelve characters that you have to like in the group. There's also a bunch of NPCs and people you like, not like a, I don't say it, but it's like just non main characters who are pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of just extra characters, like freaking like Commander Bailey is like, he's just a random cop, but he's actually pretty cool in here. Pretty right. interesting to talk to. That's like we've had conversations like CSI Citadel or, or you know, Law and Order Citadel. Like, how many spinoffs does this world feel like it could build? And Amazon is maybe doing a TV show. I would, I would. I think like for that to be true um, because it's such a well-built, well-fleshed out world. And it really, all the groundwork that Mass Effect laid this game took and just, just took it and ran with it. And that's really what it benefits from is that it is a sequel. And so, yeah, it, it, it takes all the stuff, the first one established and it goes into it further. And I don't know. I don't know if there's any moment that quite hits the same as the very first time when you have to choose between Caden and Ashley and just like, what am I doing? Like, like that is a very unique moment in gaming, but overall, the overall like experience is raised for two. Like maybe it doesn't have that same peak at that one moment, but everything else is, is well, it's it, better it's a than bit the different because you got to work like in, in, in that one, you can play through the missions as long as you want. And here, if you do things take too long, People die, right? Yeah. People go away, and if you like, right. you you did not get you did not get everybody's loyalty done before you did the IFF. You waited, you did too many missions after the IFF. Well, your crew's gone. Sucks. Oh, you know you can't save them. No, they're dead. And and at that point, it's not like you can go back to a prior save. You have to go way back to a prior save mm-hmm. and start doing more stuff beforehand. Yeah, yeah you, you have to replay half your game. Yeah, you can save scum uh, like like the Ashley Caden one. Like, okay, at least we have to save Ashley. That's what happens to have Caden. This one's like, oh, I gotta go back of several hours. Yeah, I think no. That's one. That's one where you wind up having to replay the game, and I mean, ultimately, you know, you're going to anyway. But yeah. Oh, when I, I originally when I, first played this, I didn't think I was going to replay the game. I thought it'd be a one through, but then I played it multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I, I think that's what I come back to with this game. Like why I think it's such an amazing game is there's I th- the lowest moment for me in this game is probably planetary scanning, which I find relaxing. But I think there's a perf- there's an amazing argument like this sucks and shouldn't be in a game. But it's not required. It takes not a lot of your time. And every other moment of this game that I'm playing it, I'm having fun. Like I'm enjoying my there's I don't feel like I'm wasting time. There's no grinding. There's no, you know, there's no, oh, this feels useless. There's no, I've been in this environment. This is like the 18th time I've seen this bunker or I've fought this same fight over and over. Like everything is new and different. And it's just, it's so well put together from A to Z. Maybe some of the side quests might not hit you the right way. Right. But they're short. Yes. You're in and out before you could get tired of it. Yeah, like and there's you're, you'll be done. Yeah, you'll be done with it. And be like, oh, that, I didn't really care for that, but I'm done with it now, and I can reflect back, and I'm not, I'm not in it and stuck and grinding and annoyed. Yeah, there's yeah. like the go fix the little like um, asteroid alert system or whatever, the solar flare alert system that like I mean, on its own, it's kind of dumb, but it's also like three minutes out of your life. You get to see a new environment, and it doesn't overstay its welcome. No, mm-hmm. and and it's a one off. You're not doing right. that repeatedly, right? So. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a fun diversion. It's you know, and it's quick, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. Let's see how they. Let's. I wonder how they're going to do in three. You know, I'm sure it's all just going straight to the moon, baby. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let let. So, so the one real thing here, real quickly, as we wrap up here, to take away at the end of the arrival DLC is that Shepard talks to Hackett. And Hackett says, you're going to have to return to Earth to face trial for what you just did. And Shepard's like, all right. So on that note, maybe uh, maybe we'll get to see Earth next time. I'm sure it'll be maybe. good. I mean, I'm, you know. It's going to be a good time. Party on Earth. No. What could go wrong? Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll, uh, you know, get to go get some, some Cuban cigars from Vancouver or something. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe there is a character will. is it Caden who lives in Vancouver there is a character in this game who like prominently is like yeah I, I live in Vancouver it might be Caden <laughs> R.I.P. I guess <laughs> alright so on that note this has been uh, uh, this has been Squad Goals number 41 thank you to Jarrett for producing and editing thank you for listening and downloading and thank you for staying with us all through Mass Effect 2 we look forward to you coming with us on the journey of Mass Effect 3 next week we are at Squad Goals N7 on Twitter, also at the MASH Network. Find us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Also, YouTube at YouTube.com slash MASH Those Buttons. Ship, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Twitch. My handle is WD. It's the word double Y-E-W-D-E-E. And here on the MASH Network on Wondrous Tales, where every two weeks uh, we talk about Final Fantasy XIV and all the fun things that that also Game of the Decade 2010 uh, does. Kuro, where can folks find you? Wait, 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 what about 2010 does what? Oh, I missed something there. I, it's, I mean, uh, 14 came out in like 20, well, Realm Reborn oh, came out in like 2014. It did actually, I forget about that, yeah. It's pretty good. It turns out, it turns out they have a winner on their hands, apparently. Yeah, it didn't seem like at the time, but hey, at least no. that changed around. But anyways, you can find me at, on Twitter at Kurabaris, K-U-R-A-B-A-R-S, or on twitch.tv slash Kurabara. Or you can find me around the MASH Network talking about Apex Legends on Dropping Spicy. And you can follow us there 
on uh, Twitter at Dropping Spicy, which is that the game was also based on a also came out in the twenty tens, and based on a wonderful games for the twenty tens Titanfall and Titanfall two, but uh, R.I.P. Titanfall. Yeah, such a good series. Need more Titanfall. Yep. Apex is good, but I want more Titanfall. What about you, Nick? And you can find me here on the Mash Those Buttons Network on WoW Talk, talking about World of Warcraft, which came out in 2004, so way older than all the other games here, and also on the Torn and the Goblin, which is also talking about Warcraft, which came out in 2004, so uh, I am at WikiBH on Twitter. Join the Mash Those Buttons community on Discord at mash.gg slash Discord, and email us your uh, thoughts or questions. Let us know what you thought of Mass Effect 2, what you're hyped for in Mass Effect 3, at squadgoals at mash.gg. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to help us out, please share it and rate it if you can and visit mtb.gg support to see all the ways you can support Mash Those Buttons and all our great podcasts, including our Patreon, where for as little as $1 a month, you can gain early access to content as well as to patron-exclusive content. You can also check out our Humble Bundle affiliate link as well as our PayPal one-time donation link over at mtb.gg support. And stay tuned to hear about other shows on the Mash Those Buttons network. For Chip and Kura, I'm Nick. I should go. See you, Commander. It's my favorite podcast on the network. Hey guys, shit's about to get real. Thanks for listening to a Mash Those Buttons production. If you enjoyed the show, you should check out MashThoseButtons.com and see if any of our other shows might interest you. All of our shows are available on your podcast platform of choice like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and more. If you enjoy our content, you can help support Mash Those Buttons by becoming a patron at Patreon.com slash MashThoseButtons, where you can receive Patreon bonuses for as little as $1 a month. You can connect with Mash Those Buttons at twitter.com slash the Mash Network, facebook.com slash Mash Those Buttons, or join our Discord at mash.gg slash Discord.